Hi there, and welcome to episode four of the podcast, This Week from Israel. I'm your host, Josh Hoffman. Let's get started with the topic of the week, Israel's role in global anti-Semitism. The last few weeks, I've been talking to a lot of different people from a lot of different parts of the world, Australia, Europe, the US, South America, and of course, here in Israel. While these people come from different cultures and backgrounds and span a variety of ages and religious beliefs, the sentiment from all of them was basically the same. Israel's brand image, how it's portrayed in the media and perceived by people around the world, following the most recent military escalation with the Gaza Strip, is not only pitiful, it's also having direct effects on worldwide anti-Semitism and, of course, anti-Israel sentiment. In 2014, when I first experienced the Israel-Palestinian conflict face-to-face, I was less than two years living in Israel, still discovering the culture, the people, the history, kind of in the honeymoon stage, you could say. So when Operation Protective Edge, known as Tsuk Eitan in Hebrew, came during the summer of 2014, I was nonstop immersed in the hour-by-hour news, checking it feverishly, and I was highly defensive of Israel, both on social media and in interpersonal conversations. It was as if, in my eyes, Israel could do no wrong. This time around, I took a completely different approach. I disconnected from social media and the news almost altogether and prevented myself from getting into deep conversations with people abroad about what was going on in Israel. I tried to stay objective and emotionless, and as I did, I couldn't help but realize that the state of Israel is ultimately to blame or to be held responsible for its feeble global brand image, which has unfortunate effects on Israelis and non-Israeli Jews living around the world. Don't get me wrong here. I totally believe that Israel has every right to unapologetically defend itself against enemy fire. And while I am totally in favor of peace, quiet, and zero civilian deaths on all sides, I also know that when someone attacks you indiscriminately, you don't just fight back, you fight back with the idea of deterring future attacks and weakening your enemy. But when it comes to how the world perceives Israel, especially in times of military conflict, Israel continues to fail embarrassingly on multiple fronts. Israel is a mighty country, not just militarily, but also economically, technologically, geopolitically, and what I like to call the most talent per capita in the world. And the tools of what they call nation branding have never been more ever-present, immediately accessible, and highly inexpensive. Things like social media, digital content, influencer marketing, search engine marketing, etc. The idea that little third world Hamas can quote-unquote outcompete Israel in marketing and PR is simply absurd. And the time has come for Israel to truly rethink and re-strategize how it develops its brand and sub-brands like Jerusalem and Tel Aviv across the world. What gets lost in these tools of nation branding is the content, or what they call the creative in marketing and advertising worlds. Just because you use social media or influencer marketing or search engine marketing as tools doesn't mean that the content you use to drive them is building a positive, inspiring, and impactful brand image. Take, for example, Israel's most well-known brand around the world. Can you guess what it is? I'll give you a hint. The word Israel is in the name of the brand. Any last guesses before I tell you? Israel's number one brand around the world is the Israel Defense Forces. You don't even want to know how much money the IDF invests in marketing and PR today. The Israeli newspaper Haaretz recently wrote that if you take all the people who serve in the IDF's spokesperson's unit, the unit responsible for the IDF's marketing and PR, this unit easily becomes the biggest marketing and PR firm in the entire Middle East. Think about that and then think about other countries and their most well-known brands. Germany is known for its cars, BMW, Mercedes, and Audi, for example. The UK is known for its music, Adele, The Beatles, Elton John. Thailand is known for its massages and also good food. 
Brazil is known for its soccer. America is known for its consumer brands like Apple, Starbucks, and Netflix. And Israel is known for its army. Again, don't get me wrong. I think it's nothing short of incredible that tiny Israel has mustered up the world's most impressive army pound for pound. But in 2021 and moving forward, if your army is mainly what you're known for by the worldwide masses, I'm not sure that this is the best strategy for a bona fide nation brand, no matter how amazing the country actually is. And we all know that Israel is pretty damn amazing. Of course I'm frustrated about this, which started boiling inside of me immediately after Operation Protective Edge in 2014, and ultimately concluded with the founding of Izzy in 2020. Now more than ever, Israel needs a diverse, positive, and uplifting brand image, which I'm proud to say that we take very seriously at Izzy. So the next time that Israel inevitably finds itself in a quarrel with our unfriendly neighbors, the world's citizens won't frown upon Israel so much, and our Jewish brothers and sisters around the world can truly live in peace. A weekly Hebrew lesson. One of my favorite sayings in Hebrew is imkvah azkvah. The literal translation to English is, if already, then already. And it means this, if you do something, you should do it fully and without compromise, to the best of your abilities or to the best of whatever the situation warrants. For example, if you're working on an assignment at work and you've already spent two days working on it, you could submit it to your manager just before you go home on the second day of work, or you could go over it one more time the following morning before you submit it. The thinking goes like this, if I already spent so much time on this assignment, I might as well spend an extra hour or two making sure it's truly great. Inkvar Azkvar. You can also use this saying as a tongue-in-cheek justification to do something above and beyond. For example, if you're visiting Israel and somebody tells you that it's worthwhile to visit Petra in neighboring Jordan, one of the world wonders, you might say to your traveling partners, if we're already in Israel, we might as well go to Petra as well. Imkva Azkva. Izzy Updates I'm excited to let you know that we just revamped our Izzy gift card offering. You could take your family and friends to Israel with you, or you could buy them a 6-month or 12-month gift card to Izzy, the next best thing to being in Israel. For more about our Izzy gift cards, please visit www.helloisrael.tv gifts. Someone Special Tracy Alexander Originally from Australia, Tracy made Aliyah to Israel and became one of the top news anchors and journalists for Israel-based i24 News. I met Tracy in one of my previous media ventures and she's honestly one of the sweetest, most authentic people that I've really ever met. Today Tracy is somewhat of a life coach who specializes in meditation and self-talk strategies. I subscribe to her email newsletter and I can tell you that meditation and self-talk are two of the most important parts of my life as well, running a high-pressure startup among other things. Tracy has an academic background in cognitive psychology and she's trained in both Vedic meditation and a psychosomatic healing methodology known as integrated touch balance. Based on these techniques, Tracy has developed programs that can help you level up your life, both mentally and physically remove blockages, boost your self-belief, and make your mind an asset, not an enemy. After you check out her website and subscribe to her email newsletter, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Be sure to check her out at www.tracyalexander.co. And you can also follow Tracy on Instagram at tracy.homeofsapien. One good thing. Israel's ancient Bedouin culture gets new life online from our friends at Israel 21C. Israel's Bedouin community has undergone major shifts in the past decades, transforming from a nomadic people into a more modern one complete with town dwelling, formal education, and technology. But this change came with the danger that the ancient Bedouin traditions could become completely forgotten with the passage of time. 
Well, thanks to a new collection in the works at the National Library of Israel, they are preserving some 50 years of the Israeli Bedouin community's history carried out by a world-renowned expert. It will be made freely available online within the next year. The collection will be based on the archives of Clinton Bailey, a U.S.-born Middle East expert who for more than 50 years collected materials from the last Bedouin generation to grow up in the pre-modern period, making them an invaluable source of an orally transmitted ancient civilization. Bailey first came across the Bedouins when he was working as an English teacher in the Negev Desert. I used to jog in the desert, he says, and they were out there with their flocks and their herds, and we spoke and they invited me to their tents. I saw it was a very unusual and probably very old culture, and I wanted to record as much as I could before it disappeared. So I spent the next 50 years doing so. I bought a jeep and a tape recorder and went around. I met and stayed with hundreds and hundreds of people. In many groups, I was even a member of the family, in a metaphorical way. That wraps up this episode of This Week from Israel. I'm your host, Josh Hoffman, saying we'll see you next time from Tel Aviv.